0: Welcome to the Landmark Apostolic Churches Podcast. Hear me today, there is no government official, there is no Democrat, no Republican, no popular fad, no organization that can lead you like Jesus can lead you. And when we let him lead us, and we can trust and know that he is for us and not against us. To surrender to the leadership of Jesus is to surrender to the goodness and the mercy that he brings on the flip side, to rebel against the leadership of Jesus is to rebel against the goodness and the mercy of God. Our confidence is in the future is not in ourselves. It's in the fact that goodness and mercy are following us and you and I will dwell. I said we will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Can you say amen? God bless you today. I mean, I want to invite you while you're still standing to turn with me to the Book of Psalms. <laughs> there is no other. There is no other passage of Scripture that that I am aware of that is as well-known, as often quoted, um, and as consistently leaned on by weary, exhausted people like the 23rd Psalm is. And God accomplishes this comfort for our souls, not not by talking a lot about us, but by talking a lot about himself was sharing Wednesday night in the Bible study that the Bible is not primarily about men and women. It is not primarily about humanity. But the Bible is primarily about God. It is His story. And so I want us to look at Psalms 23 today. Most of you can probably quote it. I just want to talk to you, preach to you just for the next little bit. It's amazing what, what God is doing. I, it's to stand back and see how everything is intertwined today. From Brother Rice's message on courage to the songs that we have sung. God is speaking to us in this place. And I want to hear his voice today. I just want to preach to you just for the next little bit on this title. Just simply put. Lead, led, and you can be seated. It, it might sound strange to you, but this passage, as many times as you have read it, as many times as you have heard it, um, this passage in a very real way has to do with leadership, namely um, of the one leader who will never fail us or fall short of our expectations. If you look at even how this passage is wired, when we think about how God is talked about in the Bible, we talk about the name of God. And if you think about God, As creator or as God as King or God as Lord those uh, expressions they emphasize his transcendence they emphasize God's might they emphasize God's majesty I remember the first time standing on the shores of the ocean and standing out and looking as far as the eye could see and just seeing nothing but water. I can remember there being something that was so captivating about that experience, something that left me in awe, a feeling of respect that comes over me. There is this feeling of awe that just sweeps over me. And when we talk about God and read about God in the scripture where it emphasizes His might, where it emphasizes His majesty, there should, that should create in us that feeling we feel when we stand in front of an ocean or we stand in front of a mountain or a Grand Canyon, one of awe, one of reverence, one of holy fear. But the psalmist here, King David, this psalm, it didn't explode out of nothingness. You know, we're talking about a man who had seen the highest of highs and the lowest of lows, who's now saying, the Lord is my shepherd. Yes, he is creator. Yes, he is king. Yes, he is Lord of all. And yet he is my shepherd. He is guiding me, he is leading me, he is for me, he is providing for me. He says he is the kind of leader who should make us go, who else would we want to lead us? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Or better yet, translated, what else could I want? Jesus himself would say there's a kind of leadership that's kind of a bit sketchy and there's kind uh, that can be submitted to John chapter 10 he says the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they might have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd who does not own the sheep sees the wolf coming and leaves leaves the sheep and flees and the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I don't know if you're picking up or or, or, or drawing the parallel between these two passages, but surely you can feel as you look out on the world like, who is it that I can possibly trust? If you're looking at the political climate, regardless of what side of the aisle you're on, it looks a little bit messy. We are left questioning who can I really trust? Who's really telling the truth here? Who is? What is actually going on? I don't know if I'm the only one. Whenever I look at the headlines, I'm like, I don't know anymore. I don't get it. I don't understand. And Jesus is arguing, and I think David is pointing to the fact that a life that is surrendered to Jesus Christ puts us under the leadership, under the authority of the one who will be for us and not against us. You look out in the world today and we can't make heads or tails of But we don't know who is for us and who is against us and vice versa. But Jesus is arguing and David is pointing out that when we are led by Jesus Christ, when we are submitted to him, we are submitted to the one who will not fail us. One who is with us and not against us. In fact, on repeat, the Bible talks about Jesus in this way. Psalms 84, the psalmist says, no good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. Corinthians says, my grace is sufficient for you. And Romans 8 says, all things work together for the good of those who are in Christ Jesus. Hear me today. There is no government official. There is no Democrat, no Republican, no popular fad, no organization that can lead you like Jesus can lead you and when we let him lead us and we can trust and know that he is for us and not against us when we are led by Jesus Christ we can be persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor death nor any other creature shall be able to separate us He is for us and not against us. He is trying to lead us if we'll be led. Here's the question. Where is he leading us to? Since Jesus is the good shepherd, Since he is the great shepherd, the one who is leading, guiding, providing, where is it that he's leading to? Well, let's look to our text this morning. David said, he maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. You want to know where he's leading us to? He's leading us toward rest and restoration. That's what the scripture says. That's verses 2 through 3. In fact, one of the things that's amazing to me about this point in scripture is that there, is the, there are these plurals in the scripture that David's using. He leads us into green pastures. plural and still waters plural. I wasn't very good in English class, but I do know that when you add the S to it, it becomes a plural. Isn't that right, babe? She always corrects me. <laughs> Which tells me it's, it's not a singular event, but it is an event on a cycle. If you have tried to follow Jesus for any period of time, you, my friend, know this to be true. We go and we're in green pastures where we're, we feel seen and we feel loved and we feel known. And the presence of God seems so near to us. And then I love what's coming next because he's going to talk about the valley of the shadow of death. And everybody's like, no, stay in the pastures. Here's what I love the Bible is not mincing words that life can be hard but Then what does he do? He leads us back to another green pasture and back to another stream of still water. You see, the invitation, the leadership of Jesus, the shepherding of Jesus brings us into rest and into restoration, but it also brings us through difficult times. It doesn't, it it brings us through everything that we're talking about here. But it doesn't cut past the valley. There is no shortcut to glory. Oh, it would be nice just to get up here and tell you that once you get baptized and filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost that we are now exempt from the brokenness of the world. But that would be very dishonest on my part. The world is broken. If you're in tune at all, you know that as a fact that the world is broken. I would love to tell you that if you just love Jesus, that everything will go your way. But that's not Bible. It is if you're cherry picking verses. It's not Bible. The psalmist says, yea, though I walk, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Why are you fearing an evil, David? How? How? Look at it. Some of the best words in the Bible, it says this, for you are with me. You're with me. Now go back to John 10. What Jesus said in John 10 is when it comes to the wolves coming, when it comes to the dark night of the soul, others will leave and others will abandon. It's not safe enough for them. So they're getting out of there. They're just a hired hand. But Jesus is saying, hey, I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to kill the wolf, even as it tries to kill me for your good. This is what Jesus does in the laying down of his life, in the valley of the shadow of death, my friend hear me you will see who it is that loves you and who doesn't love you in the valley you will see who is for you and who is not for you and Jesus is pointing back he's saying hey you're mine I'm not going anywhere I'm staying right here I'm the good shepherd I'm not going anywhere oh hired hands may run but I'm staying right here The the world may run. Your friends may run. Politicians will fail you. Ministers might fall short. Other institutions might fail you. But Jesus said, I'm not going anywhere. You've been bought with a price and it is my blood. Clap your hands unto the Lord this morning. He says, hey, I'm right here. He's leading us through difficult times he's leading us through the valley and the look at verse 5 thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies thou anointest my head with oil my cup runneth over we go from, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod, your staff, they, they comfort me. Into, you prepare a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Here's what he's doing. He is leading us into joy. Everybody say Joy. joy. Hear me today. The leadership being led of Jesus, the leadership of Jesus leads us not into some really thin kind of happiness that is based on circumstance but the leadership of Jesus Christ leads us into a deep-rooted joy that he is for us and not against us it is a deep-rooted joy that he was with us through the valley he was and, and here's the thing some people think that God is with them through the valley but some people picture it like God is just his cosmic buzzkill sometimes and he's mad at us all the time and he just kind of put us all in the earth and spun it real around real fast and that he's just up there like i'll just see how this works out and or that he's you know he's upset of us but god is not down in the valley saying oh if you would have just done this or done that or or or, you know we wouldn't be in this situation but no he is with us with his rod and with his staff that is comforting and leading and guiding hey we're gonna get through this we're gonna make it out on the other side he's not abandoning us We come out of the valley into a banqueting table with the oil of gladness being poured all over us. The reason it's prepared in the face of our enemies is because you and I battle not against flesh and blood. Imagine. Imagine if our very enemy has set his face to destroy us. So difficulty comes. And situations arise that are out of our control. They arise where we start to question the goodness of God. Anybody been there before? Come on, this is a safe place. Where we have been in moments, situations where we have questioned, how in the world does this bring God Glory. I have been in a place where I'm wondering about how God's goodness, how God's glory, can somehow manifest in this situation. How? Can he be using this? There has to be another way. There has to be an alternative, God. There has to be some other way. I don't really understand. And we question and we, we 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 get upset and we don't really know what to do. And we're confused about everything that is going on around us, God. How is your goodness showing up in this moment? How is your goodness, how is your glory going to be manifested in this way? And we think there has to be another way. Yet when the people of God are led through the valley of the shadow of death by Jesus, and they respond with gladness. How frustrating to the schemes of your enemy! Your enemy is over here saying i'm gonna destroy their faith i'm gonna destroy their hope i'm gonna choke out the vibrancy of this saint with this scheme with this plan and we respond by coming to the house of the god saying ain't god good ain't god good to give us so many blessings isn't god good Some of you are starting to get with me a little bit. We're almost there. Don't worry. It's just about noon, okay? So, yeah, the enemy's like, I'm going to discourage him. I'm going to try to get to him. This is my plan, and we come into the house of God saying, this is the day the Lord has made. The enemy tried to discourage you on Thursday, but you show up on a Sunday singing, my God, how great thou art. We think to ourselves, what a terrible situation. What a terrible situation to be in. But you know what? It might be terrible, but he was with me all along. He never left me. He never forsook me. How many of you have been here just a moment? How many of you have been through it and found him just to be near? How many of you have been through those trials and found him to be close to you? Found him to be right by your side. He was never gone for a moment. Not for one minute did he ever forsake us. My friends, this is him preparing a banquet before our enemy. When the people of God walk in gladness in difficult seasons. Not happiness. Not happiness. Gladness. When they walk in joy. I'm not using the word happiness. I think happiness is a frail emotion. It can be taken from you in a second. They're not serving your favorite meal today. Unhappy. I can't believe nobody brought that to the potluck. Unhappy. I've seen their face. But joy, joy isn't determined by potluck. Joy isn't determined by circumstance. Joy is rooted in the finished work of Jesus Christ, which means he is not against me. He's for me. He's accomplishing something even if I'm disoriented by it or don't understand it. Thankful today for the joy of the Holy Ghost thankful that i can come in and celebrate the joy that is inside of my soul inside of my heart you know why because there's a lot of sunday mornings that I come in and something just isn't right something that made me unhappy throughout the week a lot of times if we're being honest we carry those unhappy moments into the house of god but i'm thankful that i don't just rely on my happiness but i can rely on the joy of the lord that is full of glory oh i know it doesn't look pretty right now but i've got joy down deep in my soul god is still good god God is still faithful. God is still on time. Clap your hands unto the Lord if you believe it with me. He is with me. It's all about being led. Being led. We are led through difficult times into joy. And also, he's also leading us into confidence. Goodness and mercy. Mercy are following us most people if we could ever get on a real honest level there are some people that that feel like eventually like that just god's just gonna he's just gonna just wipe them off the face of the earth that god is so mad god is so upset that that if we would truly if if god would ever truly know us And some people think that it's foolish because God already knows. I sound British when I said that, didn't I? News. (laughs) Talent. A lot of people feel like if we were truly, fully known or if God ever truly got full hold of us, certainly he's coming with judgment. Certainly he's coming with some pain for us. Certainly there's some punishment on our way. Yet David is saying, hey, those footprints that you hear behind you, that's goodness and mercy. There is something chasing you, my friend. There is something in pursuit of you. It's not wrath, but it is the goodness and the mercy of God. To surrender to the leadership of Jesus is to surrender to the goodness and the mercy that he brings. On the flip side, to rebel against the leadership of Jesus is to rebel against the goodness and the mercy of God. Our confidence is in the future is not in ourselves. It's in the fact that goodness and mercy are following us and you and I will dwell. I said we will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Can you say amen? Goodness and mercy is the footprints that you hear in pursuit of you, chasing after you. David said, I couldn't get away from it. I couldn't run from it. If I make my bed here, if I make it there, if I soar into the heavens, whatever I do, I can't get away from it. Goodness and mercy. So where is he leading us? So our music comes rest and restoration through difficult times into joy and into confidence that's where we're headed i don't know you but that sounds like a good journey that sounds like a good journey now why why is he leading us i think the second part of verse number 3 is the gravi- gravitational pool of psalms 23 I think if you get the second half of verse 3, then you could be really confident that everything else the psalmist said is true. And if you miss that, then you won't be able to believe in that confidence and you surely won't be able to believe that what's chasing you down is in fact goodness and is in fact mercy. He leads us in paths of righteousness for the sake of His name. Just real talk for a couple moments here. You and I could not find the path of righteousness with any map, any app, any Google Assistant, any Siri, any satellite in the universe. You and I perpetually think we're on the path of righteousness only to discover we're actually on the path to self-righteousness. How many of you at least at least a dozen 20, 20 50 times in your Christian journey have said I'm not doing that anymore I'm going to do this instead. I'm gonna stop doing that and I'm gonna do this. And we end up doing the very thing we said we were gonna stop doing. Paul said, what that what I want that that which what I want to do, that's that's I don't do, and what I what I don't want to do, that's what I end up doing. It's you know what it is? It's madness. But that's what it is. Sometimes we try to find the path of righteousness all by ourselves. And this is how we end up. So since we can't find the path of righteousness to save our lives, praise God we have one who will lead us into the path of righteousness. And hear me, not because we're good, but because he is good. If your version of Christianity is that you have to find the path of righteousness all by yourself, then of course you're going to be running from God and won't think that those footsteps are goodness and mercy. You'll think that they're wrath and they're judgment. And you'll run from God instead of running to God. Because a lot of us aren't confident in ourselves. We're not confident in our ability. We understand that our righteousness is is filthy rags. But it's an understanding that he leads us into the paths of righteousness back to John 10 by laying down his life for the sheep. Jesus all of a sudden brings peace into the equation. How does he do it? Colossians says, For it it pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell. And having made peace through the blood of his cross, by him to reconcile all things unto himself, by him I say, whether they be things in earth or things in heaven. The purpose of the incarnation is the atonement. God came in flesh to reconcile his fallen creation back to himself. God has reconciled all things to himself through Jesus Christ. So hear me today. Our unrighteousness, our inability to stay on the path of righteousness all of a sudden is now accomplished. Peace is brought in by the blood of Jesus Christ. So now, since righteousness was brought to you and peace was brought to you, you can believe, my friend, that those footsteps that you're hearing—they are goodness and they are mercy. They are full of love from a savior. Yes. Yes. He brings peace. Now there's peace between us and God. You don't know us There is. There's peace between us and us. First John 3 20 says, For whenever our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart. And, and what else? He knows everything. Do you stand with me? What an amazing verse. Think about. Think about how much time you spend, or you spend wondering whether or not you would be accepted if someone were to know everything about you. Think about all those am I good enough questions that you ask yourself. Am I a good enough dad? Am I a good enough mom? Am I a good enough spouse? Am I a good enough brother? Am I a good enough coworker? Am I a good enough person? Yet, here in this, the Bible says, no, 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 no. God who knows everything. God who knows everything. The God who knows everything and wants his response. God says, if it was ever going to be your righteousness, this was a lost cause. He says, so repent, but know that I knew what I was buying. I knew what I was purchasing. How many know that while we were yet sinners? That's how David can say, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. If you are led by him, that's how you can be confident this morning. Whether you are in the valley or in green pastures, it doesn't matter. The Lord is my shepherd. What else could I want? What worries me in the last days that we're living in is a lot of people have grown so accustomed to knowing facts about Jesus, knowing things that He said, knowing things that He did. They believe. There's a lot of people that are able to talk about Jesus, but they're not necessarily in love with Jesus. There's this odd thing that can happen where we could even talk about him as though we were super close and be really far from him. C.S. Lewis said, this is the great divorce. Every poet and musician and artist but for grace is drawn away from the love of the thing he tells to love of the telling. Till down in deep hell they cannot be interested in God at all but only in what they say about him. I think this is Lewis from last century looking upon the horizon saying that if we're not careful, Jesus becomes just a punchline and doctrine becomes just talking points where our hearts are far from him. We're not submitted to the leadership of Christ. In the 23rd Psalm, I believe, is meant to orient our spirits, to orient our hearts, to orient our minds around not just some bumper sticker theology, but the goodness of God in His leading of us, in His care for us, in His love for us, in His sacrifice for us. And in the invitation to come, according to John 10 and 10, life. And life more abundantly. I can't promise you much. But I can promise you that Jesus won't fail you. And that I can promise you. He is the good shepherd. He is the great shepherd. And I believe that he will give rest. And he will bring restoration. And I believe that he will lead us into the fullness of life. If we will be sensitive enough to allow him to be led. I said this before, a lot of people hear that term, spirit led. And a lot of people take it and they wear it kind of like a badge. Oh, I'm spirit led. I'm led by the spirit. When in reality, led just means like that of a child. Being helped across the street. Being assisted, being helped, taking out, reaching out, grabbing the hand of your dad and saying, Dad, I I don't know where I'm at and I don't know what's going on, but I trust you that you're a good father and that you'll take care of me because you love me. That's what being led is. How many know he's a good father? Would you bow your head, close your eyes in this place? I just want to open up this altar this morning. Maybe come find a place to pray. You can kneel at your seat, whatever you want to do. I want to give you the opportunity to submit your heart again, to submit your life again to the leadership of Jesus Christ, to reach out and take him by the hand and say, I know it's dark. I know I'm going through a rough time. But I still have faith that you're a good father and you're the good shepherd and I'll trust you. And I, I, I'll the rod and the staff, I know it's not comfortable sometimes, but that's the intention. They are comforting me. Thank you for listening to the Landmark Apostolic Church Podcast. You can follow this podcast for more great episodes from the Landmark family. If you are ever in our area, our doors are open on Sundays at 10 a.m. and Wednesday at 7 p.m. Thank you once again for listening to the Landmark Apostolic Church's podcast. God bless.